excited that you're finding a seat this morning. I am glad that you're here. Before we start, I'm going to pray for those that are at home, those that are watching online, and uh, those that are not feeling well. And how many of us want to continue to feel well? All right, we'll pray for you too. All right, Father, today we pray, first of all, for those that are sick, that Father, the sick will recover in Jesus' name. God, we believe by your stripes we are healed. Father, we pray for those that are suffering in body of any kind of sickness, including COVID. And God, right now we come against COVID. Father, that we pray protection on everybody in our church. And Father, that the people that they're around, I just pray that we would be able to speak life and not death. God, that we would come against the fear that, God, the world culture is generating on this sickness, that we would give them hope. And, Father, that we would be able to communicate your plans of giving them a good future. Father, I pray for those that are watching online, Father, that you would encourage them. Father, that they would be able to just enter in, God, and, and to be able to see this whole sermon in this message. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. This morning, we're starting a, a series that I'm going to get into in a few seconds. But I want to uh, just uh, remind you that today at 1230, uh, following this service, we'll have a memorial for a friend of mine. And a friend of our church is Joe Forper. And uh, I'm going to ask you, if you do have a mask, to wear that during the memorial service. Uh, Joe let me tell you, he was my friend. And he said, Pastor, and his family, he said, you know, Pastor, I don't want anybody to even get sick because of me, even at his memorial service. So we're going to honor him. And uh, if you do have a mask, maybe you have one in the car, you, in between services, you can run and get it or whatever. And, and uh, we'll have a time of just remembering, and I'll, I'll have uh, a good time again remembering as I did the, the family funeral on Thursday, uh, just a time of celebration of such a wonderful life, and so that will be following the service, and uh, uh, you're, you're not, it's not mandatory to stay, but we'd love for you to stay. It'll be from about 12.30 to 1 if the speaker doesn't get under the anointed, <laughs> and you know that's possible even at a memorial service, especially Joe's memorial service. Uh, this morning, the, the title of this new series is called <laughs> called The Vortex Emotions. If you've ever been into a, a place where maybe a, a tornado warning, you know, I remember, and I still do, I always think, what is a, a, a tornado alert or a, a, versus a tornado warning? And the warning supposedly is the real thing. They, they've cited something, and it's close to your house or, or wherever you are, and, and you're, you're supposed to run to a place and hide. In other words, a safety place. Well, today we're going to be talking about emotions that try to draw us, try to drag us, try to pull us in and control us. And this is something that is very, very important. You know how big it is to walk in your identity as a believer. Can I give an amen for someone? Amen. All right. So if that's so, is walking in our identity... We know that we're, as a believer, that we're children of God, that we're in training for something greater than just the average person that walks around and says, well, you know, I don't know what my beard. No, you have a purpose. 
And, and we, we've talked about this for years, and, and we've already got it up on this. It, someone will say, wow, did you just get a new banner? This has been up for that, that the word of God or words, period. Let me say that again. Words, period, can change your thinking. Do you believe that? H have they done it in your life before? All you have to do is watch the news. Words coming out will change your thinking. Well, let, let me just kind of give you an illustration. Did you know they found a new strain of COVID? And all of a sudden right now, your emotions are going, oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Did you know that? I, I might need to leave. Our emotional level can be raised just by what we're thinking because of words that are going out. The, the, the song that we sang, I'm not going to walk in that identity of what someone else has spoken over me. If it doesn't line up with the Word of God, I'm not going to do it. Words change your thinking, and thinking... Here, can you turn me down a little bit? Because I'm going to get way too excited for that hot mic there. But the Word of God changes our thinking. It, it has a, a verses. You know what I'm saying? And instead of this, it's verse this. This is the difference. So the Word of God changes our thinking, and when our thinking changes, it changes our emotions. Emotion, emotions try to put us in a direction... Sometimes good. Did you hear me? God doesn't want you to be a robot. I have no emotion. Somebody that was in our church years and years ago, the pastor, I don't know if I agree with that. And that's what they thought. I was communicating that you don't ever have emotions. No. I'm talking about the emotions that we have, part of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and you know that I, today, have every characteristic of the fruit of the Spirit in my life if it wasn't for people? <laughs> if I could live out, well, let me tell you, I could have love, joy, peace. But God has put us together, and especially in a safe environment like this, supposedly, as a church, that's why we call it a sanctuary, that we can come together and we can hear the Word of God and we go, okay, well, we're going to start processing it. There's some people that say, I don't have to go to church. Let me tell you, this is a place that you begin processing what the Word of God says in your life to people that are around you, listen, that's supposed to be safe. If you're a rascal going to the church and acting like the people on the outside, come on now. And as we're processing it, we're working it out, yes, I'm going to offend you. But as I said before, who's the number one person in my life that has offended me the most? She's blonde-headed, four foot ten. She goes by Gwen because she's in my life the most. Did you do that on purpose? She can say something and words can change my thinking. Now, all of you husbands are pretty still sitting there. Okay, enough of that. Turn over to Matthew chapter 15. Again, nobody likes to be told what to do. We discover that early in our lives, don't we? All you have to do is go and try to get something out of a little child's hand, and they go, what? Mine! Or no! No, that's mine! I am so excited to have two grand... Not one, two grandbabies on the way. 
I was so excited until someone called me Grandpa, and I was like, I'm Dad, the sequel. No, I'm like, Some of you are slow, but worth waiting on. I'll tell you what. Two. <laughs> Two. And, and I could see these little babies that are growing up and mine. You know the American dream. But, but to get to the heart of what we're talking about today, really the American dream is autonomy. And that's a big word of saying... I want what I want, when I want it, wherever I want it. Now watch this. And have enough money to get me out of trouble when I don't do what I should do anyway. And, and as, as people that live in this world that we, that we say, you know, if I could just have that, if I could earn enough money that I could do whatever I want, whenever I want it, wherever I want it, and have enough money to get me out of trouble, then, then I'd have it. Today we're going to be talking and starting this series, and I encourage you to go through it with me, that the emotions that try to control us will get us off track, and in, in, in they're toxic. They're the inward voices that speak to us, and I'll, I'll say it again later, that it's not that we won't take advice, but we take our own bad advice. The voices inside that are talking. Listen to this poem. Our need of supervision may someday come to an end if we silence the toxic voices that come from within. The negative way of saying it is our need of supervision never will come to an end if we don't silence the toxic voices that come from within. Again, it's not that we don't take advice or won't take advice but we continue to take our own bad advice because of the voices that are speaking to us. The introduction to this whole series last week, the first Sunday of the year, was on strongholds that develop in our life. And I hope that you remember that because through these emotions, that, that it's not a bad thought that is a stronghold. Can I, can I, do you know what I mean? It, it's, it's not... Somebody said, you can't keep birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from making a nest in your hair. Have you ever heard that before? It's like this. A stronghold was a place, a fortress that was one rock upon the other and built a fortress that the enemy could hide within. Now, a good stronghold is in, in God. We talked about that. But a bad stronghold is where the enemy can hide within us because of a thought pattern, a system, a, a software mindset that continues to run in the background that sometimes that we're unaware of. But, but just one bit, I heard a preacher one time, he was hilarious. He said, uh, I was checking out and an older lady, a senior citizen lady, she was so slow, she was right ahead of me in line and she was moving so slow, a thought came into my mind, just push that lady. Now, some of you are going, oh, my. But then he laughed, and he said in his sermon, I brought that thought under captivity. And said, no, you're not going to push it all day. It's those thoughts that generate the emotions, and after a while, we allow those emotions to be there so long that that thought pattern begins to be a stronghold in our life. We're not going to do it. 
So again, this is what we're going for. This is at the end of this series, we want to go for how to say no to the emotions that compete for control of our life. It's a vortex. If we're not aware that those emotions are trying to draw us in, some of us every day, he saw the vortex rugs in the hall. Now you look at them and you think, that's not... You ought to look at a picture of you on that with somebody taking a picture of that. You need to do that before you leave. I took one of Brooke and she was jumping up and down. Maybe we'll show that later. But anyway, she jumped. it's cool. People that came over to the house, I had it on the carpet. You know, Mark, Mark, take a picture, take a picture. Ashley, take a picture, take a picture. It's pretty cool. The vortex. So let's look at Matthew chapter 15. This is a, again, let's develop a project and look at ourselves with a different eye. And again, if what Jesus is saying is true, then you and I have some work to do. It's, it's identifying those, those bad advice things that come to us inside of us. The story starts in chapter 15, verse 1, and it says... And again, Matthew, remember who's writing this. Matthew, he's a tax collector. He has some issues, right? He, he's been there and now he's here as a believer. And it says in verse 1, Then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, Why, here's the question, Why do your disciples break the traditions of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Again, the tradition of the elders, let me just kind of give you some background. It's the oral Torah. It wasn't written down. It was passed down from generations to generations. And, and the, the Pharisees, the religious rulers, and the, the people that were really in control could use this to come around and go, let me always have a trump card. Boom! The oral tradition says this. Why are you doing that? And being somebody that went to a Bible university, somebody that studied and, 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 you know, the whole thing is it is easy to always win the game when you're trying to cut the card this way and then back. And that's what they were doing. They just didn't understand. Remember, recognition brings revelation. They didn't recognize him as God. So, dude, you're, in the, you're way out of your league. But they didn't know that. And so they're asking, well, why are you breaking the traditions of the elders by not washing you and your disciples? Now, in our culture, we think gross. They didn't work. Water's short. Water's not as, as uh, readily available. But listen to what he says. Jesus replied, ba-boom, drops a bomb. Ready? It doesn't say baboom in my... Okay. And why do you break the command of God? That was the, that was the Almighty. The, the, the command is the, the standard, not just some oral tradition. Listen to this. Jesus replied, and why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? He's pointing out their hypocrisy in what they're saying because they know what they're saying, but they're just trying to argue a point. Let me just quickly tell you why they were arguing. He's saying that you're trying to avoid the command of God by saying to your mom and dad that is in financial need, 
Again, when they went through financial need, they, the, the, the parents could come to the children and say, can you help me? Just like in our culture. And the religious people, they were trying to get around that by dedicating that portion of their money, that, the extra. I don't know if I ever believe in disposable income because it's all needed. But anyway, that they, had extra, that they would dedicate it to God. And they'd say, you know, I'd love to help you out, Mom, but I can't. I've already dedicated that to God. And Jesus is saying, you're breaking that commandment by your traditions of being able, you think, to give it to God. The command of God was to honor their mother and their father. It's kind of, it's kind of unique when I was studying that this week is as a culture, we, we reason the same way, but almost it is 180 degrees the other way. We talk ourselves out of tithing and we're saying the reason why we can't tithe is because we're doing all these other things that are very important. And you can fill in the blank. Everything, I'm not going to do that, but anyway, you can. And Jesus is saying, no, just follow the commands of God. Quit that. He says, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your traditions. You hypocrites. And listen, he says, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. Here He reaches back. Everybody in the listening area knows Isaiah. But watch what he says about Isaiah. In verse 8 it says, These people, of, these people honor me with their lips, but their, say that word, but their what is far from me? Their hearts. See, they've learned how to say all the right things. And really, when you think about it, they began to play the game. They, they turned religion into a game. They, they, they have taken it from the religion out, or they put it in religion and not in the relationship. You know, I'd like to help you, mom and dad, but kids can't. Let me... Let me pull out a game piece and move it over here and say, I've already dedicated it to God. Jeremiah 17.9 says something that I fight in my heart all the time and I have to watch it, I have to monitor. You, you realize that we have learned how to monitor to some extent our own behavior. And it's important because if we don't monitor our behavior, our emotions that are trying to control us, we won't get an interview. We won't then get the job. We won't get a date. We sure won't get a second date. And we won't get married. We won't stay married. If our emotions got us too much. So we, we've learned to monitor. Well, here's what Jeremiah says about the heart. The heart is hopelessly dark and deceitful. A puzzle that no one can figure out. He, he's saying that with the thought of, if you're not careful, it's going to come out. So here's Jesus and he drops a bombshell. It, it's almost like an ender where he drops the microphone. Clink. I'm done. Listen to the words, what he says when he before he walks off. 
He says this in verse 10. Listen and understand what goes into someone's mouth by accident, he's referring, by accident, does not defile them. He's saying God is not that small. He's not that petty. He's not a gotcha God. Hmm. He goes on to say, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. Then he walks away. And his disciples walk away with him. We won. We showed them. Didn't we, Jesus? We're not really understanding what you said, but hey, we're, we're, we're with him. And the Bible says that as he leaves, Peter says, hey, hey, hey. Can you explain to us what just happened? And if you read on, and I'm going to summarize some of this, is when he walks away and Jesus says, What? Are you so, so dull that you don't understand? Do, do you not see that what goes into a person's mouth will come out? Now all of us are going, Ooh, yes, we can see that. Every day, maybe twice a day. Do you understand what he's saying? He, he's saying what, what, what goes in doesn't defile somebody. God isn't that small. He isn't that petty. He's not, oh, you did something you shouldn't have done by accident or by purpose. The things that come out of the person's mouth is what defiles them. See, what comes out of a person's mouth is what puts them at odds with somebody that God loves. It comes out of the heart. And this morning, if you think about it, this little container up here, I filled with peppermints. And the thing is that what we choose to put inside will come out. In other words, what we're listening to, what what we're believing, our belief system. Now, now this morning I could have put cow manure. See, I I raise cows and I have a lot of cows and I have a lot of manure. And you know, someone will say, "Ooh, that manure stinks," and I could say, "Oh, come on, it smells like money to me." And I could go and tell you all the stories and all try to get you all. But it doesn't stink. But at the end of the day, it stinks. But can you just for a few seconds, do you remember the last time you had a peppermint? Maybe it was a candy cane at Christmas. See, it's not the container necessarily, but what's in the container when it's under stress, when it's tipped, when it's shaking, and, and, and it comes out. There's nobody in the room more glad that there's no manure in this deal than Justin. <laughs> Don't fall asleep. Justin wouldn't fall asleep anyway. But what's in the person, when it's under, when he or she is under distress, that's what's going to come out. See, a lot of times, somebody will say, no, 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 wait just a minute, Pastor. Sometimes 
it, it's it, it, not what's in me came out. I said something that I didn't mean. And I think that Jesus would kind of have a pushback on that and say, no, you said something out loud that was inside. Because an emotion is a lot of times a, a, an action on the outside that is being acted out. But the behavior on the inside is turning the vortex. It's trying to pull you in. That's what defiles a person. What's inside the person comes out. Now, now look at this. Matthew says things that are in the person. Like, well, let me get to that in a minute. I, I want to share with you because a lot of times at this point in the message, I, I just feel like God say, there's some people that will say, you know, there, there's some things in my life and that's just who I am. Have you ever heard people say, um, I'm Irish, that's why I've got to be, you know, have a, an anger issue. Or I'm, I'm this, I'm German, that's why I kind of get mean and there. Are you, if you're in that place, there's a reason for the word of God and it's our thinking that changes our emotions. When our emotions changes, it changes our choices so that we don't walk in an ungodly emotion that the vortex that is set. All of a sudden, we have a new master. We have something that's controlling us. When our choices change, then our habits change. And then our character changes and people go, man, there's some things not right in that person's life. And when your character changes, your destiny changes. You might be here, you go, I just don't like my destiny, where I'm at right now in my life. It's a deception. This is a story that I heard, man, seemed like a hundred years ago now. And it was a lady that was driving down the road and, and she lived in the state of Mississippi and, and she... Uh, she saw in the ditch a dog and she pulled over and it was shaking and, and she picked it up and, and she had some issues with her eyes and she thought, look at that little dog. And she took it home and, and she gave it some food and, some, and it wouldn't eat much. It drunk a little milk and she took that little dog and, and noticed that it was shaking so much that she put it in bed with her and, and cuddled it with the, the towels and the blankets and let it sleep with her. The next day, it, it just wasn't doing very well, so she took it to the vet. And she took that little dog in and, and gave it to the veterinarian, and the veterinarian came in and looked at that thing and said, What? D did it bite you? And she goes, No, it's sick. And I took it home and I fed it and I, I, I cuddled it and tried to get it warm, but it just won't get warm. The vet said, are you kidding me? That's a Mississippi River rat. Now for the next few seconds, you'll be going back in the story. She slept with it? She cuddled it? Sometimes we think that those ungodly emotions that are playing over in our lives about somebody, something, some whatever, 
that, that's okay. That's just who I am. If it doesn't line up with the Word of God, you're cuddling sin in your life. Matthew says, for out of the heart evil thoughts come. In verse 19, he says things like murder, adultery, deceit, envy, arrogance, and folly. Really, folly, in the book of Mark, that's what it says too, in chapter 7, greed, malice, deceit, envy, arrogance, and folly. All those things come out of the heart. You know what folly is? Really just bad judgment. We don't use it in our, our language that much. But really what folly is, is our greatest regrets that we did intentionally, that we look back on and go, what were we thinking? They're embarrassing, despicable, they're relation-killing, they're financial debilitating behaviors that again, the source is from the heart. These are the things that defile the person. These are the things that put us in odds with God. This morning, here, here's the answer, and it's found in Matthew 11, verse 28. To realize that we have a better master than our emotions, better than anger, lust, greed, fear, and envy, this morning, let me list those again that we're going to talk about weeks to come. Anger, lust, greed, fear, envy. Here's what Jesus' invitation is to you and to me. Listen, it says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. In other words, follow me. I have something for you because I don't need anything from you. Take my yoke upon you. The, the yoke in that time period was my teaching, my discipleship, my as a rabbi, my way of thinking. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. This morning as we just come to the end of this first sermon. I want you to repeat something as if it's coming from Jesus and I'm going to read it out loud and then I want you to repeat some of it with me. Follow me and you'll, your need for supervision will come to an end once I help you silence the toxic voices that come from within. Repeat this after me. Follow me. And your need for supervision will come to an end. Once I help you silence the toxic voices that come from within. Okay. Here's your homework. Because a lot of times people come to the church and they hear something they go, wow! But they don't process it through the week. If you have notes, write it down. If you don't, try to remember this. Here's the thing to do. This, this week, as we get into part two, 
Which of the following has a way of pulling you in? Is it the anger? Envy? Insecurity? Maybe guilt? Fear or greed? What is the emotion? Why don't you ask the person next to you, what is your great... No, don't do that. Some of you went, hallelujah, this church is great. But which one of those have the greatest pull on you? The vortex that's trying to pull you in. And here's the second thing. What is the trigger? What does it sound like when you're taking cues from that emotion? What does it sound like? I don't understand, Pastor. Just just do what you think. Do what you heard. This week, you know how the Holy Spirit works if you allow Him to speak to you? You might experience one of those emotions and it might again be anger. It might be envy, insecurity, guilt, fear, or greed. And the Holy Spirit goes, Hello. Come to me. What does it sound like when, when fear is knocking on your door or, or anger? And through, the, through this series, we're going to get uh, recognition of what's happening in our life. And then we're going to have a revelation of how to deal with those and what causes those toxic voices to continue. Let's pray. Father, you are a wonderful Father. God, you have sent your word in our lives so that, God, that we can have freedom, that we can have direction. And Father, that we do not have to listen to the toxic voices within and, and direct us to a place that is ungodly or, or that we don't want to go. Because, God, we know that there's no success into that. But, God, if you have given us life to the full, to the overflow. God, we realize that you have a better perspective. You have a better voice. That if we listen to your voice, if we take advice from you, God, that we can walk in that freedom. Father, I pray for everyone here today. That God, that you'll speak to them on those emotions that are trying to pull them in, to direct them and guide them. Father, they might have even made choices at this point that they know are wrong. But God, the good news is that God, you're a God of grace. God, that you can forgive them. And today can be a new day. This morning, church, if you've never received God into your life, this is, this is a, the best day. The soonest opportunity that you can have today. This, this morning, if you have sinned in your life, realize that you're not a sinner. That if you ask for forgiveness, that God says that today that you're clean. Today is a new day. That the sin is in the past and today is a new day. And I encourage you to do that. This morning, amen. Let, let's just, would you sing this song with Lisa? I've asked her to sing this song again. That realizing that the word of God is our standard in our life. He directs us. He guides us.
So, so this morning, as a, a way of responding to the message, we, we've had times of prayer, we've had times of celebration, but today as we sing and respond to what the message was in our life, allow the confession out of your mouth through the words of this song. Say, God, that's, that's what I'm going to do in my life. Would you stand with us? Hallelujah.